We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Trade deadline special. It's the Rotowire NBA podcast. Nick Whalen here with Alex Marutha. Alex, a lot to unpack. That goes without saying. Uh, anybody who stayed up past midnight Central Time last night is well aware of, of what was going on with Kevin Durant, now a member of the Phoenix Suns. Uh, you know, the, the first domino in all this, you know, kind of fell last Sunday when Kyrie Irving went from the Nets to the Mavericks. We had our usual slew of kind of minor deals and a billion second round picks, which every team apparently just has like seven second round picks that they're willing to trade for anything. Um, but, you know, ultimately Kyrie and KD are, are going to be the two biggest pieces on the move. Um, where do you want to begin here? I mean, it, it's, it's almost too much to uh, kind of decide how we want to format this. Uh, well, I mean, you talked Kyrie with James on the last pod, right? So we can maybe just jump right into, into the, the sun side of this with KD. Sure. Yeah. Kyrie's old news at this point. Ky- he is um yeah i mean i i was one of those people who went to bed maybe 15 minutes before this deal happened and then woke up at two in the morning and checked my phone and was like of course um but i mean i think i mean this is obviously a huge (laughs) the sun's new owner just came in hot just came in firing right away and i it's a confusing it's a it's a difficult trade package to evaluate because players like durant just almost never get traded especially mid-season with so many years left on their deal. But I, I understand why the Suns did this. I think you have to like the West is wide open enough. I mean, you know, Chris Paul and Durant aren't the healthiest guys in the world. They're getting, you know, they're getting older, but you have a legitimate chance here to win the title. They do have a legitimate chance and they are now the betting favorite over at the DK Sportsbook. Uh, I, I, that was the first thing I checked last night when I, I, I did happen to be up. I, you know, it's one of those situations where like I was just about to go to bed and then you, you see that break on your phone and I'm like, all right, I'm not going to bed anytime soon. You, you can't just glance at that 
and then roll back over and just fall asleep. Um, so I was up for a while, you know, checking into odds and things like that. And basically right away, uh, the Phoenix Suns jumped up to uh, the team with the best chance to emerge from the Western Conference. If you're looking at just straight up title odds, uh, the Celtics are still the favorite at plus 350. Uh, you still have some other teams like the Bucks and the Nuggets and the Clippers hanging around at under 10 to 1. But the Suns are plus 425 right now. I mean, that is a massive, massive jump. Um, you know, they, they, they were 20 to one before this trade went to plus 550 and then it got bet down to plus 450. The question is, are, are they the odds on favorite? Just getting Kevin Durant, pairing him with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, is this justified? Like, is this one of those, okay, if this team stays healthy, it's a no brainer. They're making the finals type of teams. They, I, I could see why that's the case. I just like, they have more talent than a team like Denver. It's just a matter of how much you think continuity matters and how much, you know, if you think Chris Paul has taken a step back and their bench isn't horrible, actually. Um, I think they'll be able to make it work, but it's, it's hard to weigh them against the Nuggets and the, and the Grizzlies, but I think there's a really strong chance they, they do end up in the finals because they have the potential to be just a complete buzzsaw and, mm-hmm. Even though, again, the continuity of a team like the Nuggets, they just don't really have the talent to match up. I think offensively, when this team is fully healthy, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be pretty ridiculous. And and I think it's going to hinge partially on whether Chris Paul you know, does this unlock something for him. I mean, he's he's played fine. He hasn't been nearly at the same level that he was at even last year, or the year before. Um, but but does getting Kevin Durant in the mix? I mean, the, the thing with trading for Kevin Durant is there's never any question about oh how does he fit? You know, can he co- right. can he coexist with this player? Like you just know that he will because he's Kevin Durant, and he's the most kind of translatable superstar in the league. So you know, fantasy wise, like it's it's not ideal for KD's value. I think he probably takes a slight hit playing alongside Paul and Booker. Uh, it's not great for Devin Booker. Uh, it's it's you know. Chris Paul, probably net neutral. I'm not really sure this changes much for him, but I mean, top four wise. Yeah. Phoenix, I I think now has the best top four in the conference. Uh, I I still have some questions about the depth. Like I I thought the Darius Baisley for Dario Saric swap was very odd. Uh, I I didn't really, you know, it's not like Dario Saric is like the key to the title for the Suns, but I I thought the continuity that continuity that they had with him made a little more sense to keep him around. Uh, They also get TJ Warren in this deal from the Nets, which I think is, is not small. I mean, Warren is looking like he's never going to kind of recapture the, the guy that he was before the injury, but still a decent role player. Uh, you know, Torrey Craig, Josh Okogie, Damian Lee, like all those guys are going to have to play real minutes. So that, that to me is a concern. They still don't really have a backup center who they trust. You know, it's Jock Landale, Bismack Bayumbo. So this is by no means a, a bulletproof, perfect roster. But, you know, again, that, what other team in the West is challenging that top four of Paul Booker, Duran and Aiton. And like even Torrey Craig is kind of the perfect fifth guy for this team. Like he doesn't expect to shoot, just go out there, play really good defense for 35 minutes. And and that's really all they're going to ask. Yeah. And we haven't seen Cameron Payne since like early in January. You know, he's, he's been an important part of their, their game plan over the past couple of years as well. And yeah, if you just start comparing top fours, I mean, that's, that's exactly why they are where they are in the odds. And some of these other teams don't have great benches either. Like, I don't think, I don't think Memphis's bench is good, and I don't think Denver's bench is that good. So I'm not as concerned about that necessarily, um, even though it seems weak on the surface. But you just you look at Memphis's depth chart, and you're like, I mean, they added Luke Kennard. 
cool, I guess, for some shooting. But it's like it's still like John yeah. Conchar and David Roddy and Brandon Clark semi unreliable. And for the Nuggets, you're you know you're thinking of like Chanchar has been playing a lot lately. Christian Braun's getting real minutes for them. Brown, I should say. Um, yeah. How dare you? I know. The Sun. I mean, if the Suns won the title, I don't think anybody would be shocked, will they? No, I don't. I don't think it'd be shocking by any means. I, I don't think it can be. Um, and you know, I mean, they were they were on the periphery of this debate anyway. They were in the finals two years ago. They were on the short list of teams to potentially go to the finals last year. So it's not like they are completely coming out of nowhere. But it's just you know, adding Kevin Durant is that impactful. Uh, I think the only real question mark is the health of Durant and and the health of Chris Paul come playoff time because at, at this point in their careers, it's something that just has to be brought up. I think the other piece of this. And part of the reason that the expectation for me, at least, is that Phoenix will continue to be the favorite to come out of the West is like what other team really did anything that makes you feel significantly better about their chances to win the title. It's like, okay, Dallas getting Kyrie. There's that. I, I think that could go a million different ways. It's not like that automatically locks them in as a title contender. You know, Sacramento did nothing. Memphis did nothing. Denver subtracted Bone, Bones Island. Right. for a couple of picks. And I, I think they'll be active on the buyout market, but still they didn't get better. Uh, you know, the Clippers, I guess, got better on the periphery, adding someone like, like Plumlee. Um, you know, they'll, they'll be deeper, I guess, at the very least you get Eric Gordon in there. Like, I don't know if either of those guys really moved the needle for me. So, you know, not only did Phoenix make by far the biggest splash getting one of the seven best players in the league, but no other team in the West that I felt like made, a single deal or a collection of smaller deals that really measure up anywhere close to what the Suns did? No, I don't think so. A lot of teams did. I mean, we'll get there. Teams did other stuff, but yeah, it's just, it's nothing like this. And the Lakers make a decent amount of moves, but they just feel, they okay. feel too far behind at this point. Well, let's, let's get right into the Lakers. Why don't <laughs> we? Uh, Lakers are still sitting at 50 to one right now to win the title, which, which is interesting because you know, th those odds did dip uh, after the, the Russell Westbrook subtraction. I, I think it's more about that than, than D'Angelo Russell coming to the Lakers. But then the Suns adding Durant sent those odds right. soaring back to 50 to 1, uh, which, which I think makes sense. But bottom line is the Lakers did, I, I think, what they could realistically here. And I, I actually think they came out looking pretty good. Uh, you know, obviously they, they wanted Kyrie. They didn't get Kyrie. I, I'm sure they made their calls on Durant, but given the, the asking price, that was never going to be realistic unless perhaps they put Anthony Davis on the table. And honestly, I don't even know if the Nets would be that interested in Anthony Davis, uh, given his age and, and kind of given where his career is at. But anyway, I mean, they've completely revamped this roster. It, it reminds me in some ways of how the Cavs handled that 2018 deadline LeBron's last year there, where it was like, all right, five in, five out. We're, we're getting a whole new set of teammates here. And that's kind of what it feels like. They, they were able to only part with one of those first round picks, it's top four protected. I think that's huge because they, they could absolutely be a bottom four team in 2027. But you bring in Malik Beasley, who is quietly one of the best three-point shooters in the league. That is the number one thing this Lakers team needed. You replace the most damaging player in the entire league in Russell Westbrook with D'Angelo Russell, who, like, I'm, I'm not a big D'Lo guy. I, I don't love it. You know, they're, they're kind of under this obligation now to really think hard about re-signing D'Angelo Russell next year. He's going to be a free agent. So that's that's a whole bridge that you have to cross, but the upgrade from Westbrook to D'Angelo Russell is huge. I, I, I think if you just look at the, the raw numbers, it maybe doesn't look that way, but people who don't watch the games do not realize how much Russell Westbrook was killing this team night in and night out. So I, I think there will be an immediate difference uh, going from, from Westbrook to Russell or just, just removing Russell Westbrook from this team. I think Jared Vanderbilt, solid addition on the wing. 
you know, kind of the type of player that the Lakers have lacked. Somebody who actually tries on defense, has the size, the switchability. They really had none of that. Um, and then you bring in Mo Bamba, who they they basically got for free. You know, you send out Patrick Beverly, uh, attach a couple second rounders, and you know it's Mo Bamba. We need to be realistic, but overall, I think this team can at least feel better about making a realistic playoff push. Uh, are, are they a title contender? No, definitely not. Uh, but this roster is markedly better than it was a week ago. I agree, man. I mean, your Westbrook to D'Angelo Russell point, incredibly, incredibly valid. Uh, I mean, Russell is he's shooting 39% from three this year. And obviously Westbrook can't shoot. I, I mean, D'Angelo Russell can shoot free throws as well. And he's not a high turnover guy. Like Russell is, you know, six assists to 2.7 turnovers. That's perfect for a LeBron guy. So not only are you adding shooting, you're reducing turnovers. Mm-hmm. And like you said about Beasley, all that stuff's true. I, I think they actually did a really good job. More like the, the, the issue that we all sort of, like the two main issues of the Lakers roster were obviously shooting. And just that a lot of these guys that we're relying on to play 15 to 25 minutes a game are like not real rotation players for competitive teams. Dude, um, it's bad. And I think, they, don't, I, I, think I, I think the other night, I think was a wake up call for casual fans who are watching the Lakers. I'm like, this is every night. These guys are horrific. Yeah. It's like Troy Brown, Lonnie Walker. Like, what are we doing here? Um, but they, you know, I mean, you moved Schroeder to backup point guard. That's pretty nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, you get, Hachimura, Vanderbilt, Beasley, like these are actual rotation players. And so I think they'll have a stronger second half of the season for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, the the thing is time's running out, like the, the all-star break, yeah. the trade deadline. It's not, it's not the halfway point. It's like the two thirds mark. So they, they need to get this thing off the ground quickly. Uh, LeBron will not play tonight against the bucks, which I, not a big deal. I mean, I, I think they probably look at this as a schedule loss anyway. And you know, you, you'll take that one, you'll eat it and kind of come back with a, a new team, presumably Saturday at Golden State. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they, they need this to work right away. They, they don't have the luxury of kind of taking three or four weeks for D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley to get up to speed. Like these guys need to be impact players right away for the Lakers or they're going to find themselves on the fringe of the play. And yet again, all right, with the trade deadline in the rear view, the back half of the NBA season is upon us. And unfortunately, your fantasy team looks like it might be tanking for Victor Wembanyama. Uh, we got your plan B right here. It's called Swagger. Swagger is daily fantasy for all fankind. Swagger is the most player-friendly DFS site in the game, created for sports fans who simply want some skin in the game and a real shot at winning. Here's how it works. Pick two to 10 player props and score points for the picks you get right. Win a cash prize based on your score, not the perfect ticket. I repeat, you don't need a perfect ticket to win. Even if you get one or two or sometimes half of your ticket wrong, you could still walk away with cash in your bankroll. Swagger has payouts up to 50x and sometimes even higher, depending on your picks. With hundreds of props for you to play, you can build any ticket with any number of players across multiple sports. Play NBA props along with NFL, MLB, NHL, all the top soccer leagues, golf, tennis, motorsports, whatever tickles your fancy. Swagger's got it available. Ready to play? Go to playwithswagger.com to sign up and choose promo code ROTOWIRE10. That's Rotowire 10, R-O-T-O-W-I-R-E 10 from the dropdown. Swagger will drop a free $10 into your account to get started. Plus, they'll match your first deposit 100% up to 100 bucks. Swagger, it's daily fantasy for all fankind. You know, we, we touched on the Clippers. I, I, you know, I, I don't love 
what they did. I, I don't really view Eric Gordon as all that impactful. I think he's a little redundant in some ways. Um, you know, it's funny that like, there was that report that they refused to part with Terrence Mann, uh, you know, in a, in a potential deal for Fred Van Vliet. I'm like, okay, so you bring in Bones Highland and Eric Gordon, who's just going to further bury Terrence Mann in this rotation. So to me, that doesn't really add up. Um, you know, they, they, they made three pretty impactful small moves, but again, I, I don't know if any one of these Highland Gordon Plumley really makes me feel all that different about this team of those three. The bones Highland move is very strange. Like Denver just basically giving him away. They, they gave him away for two second round picks. Now he was drafted like 27th or something like that, but he looks like he has more upside. So I mean, like you're selling, you're selling weirdly. Um, you're like selling low on him. I just, it's very bizarre. It's, the Terrence Mann thing, uh, when did Terrence Mann become, like, untouchable? Like, what? He should like, not be. I just, I don't understand it. What He had, like, what was that one good playoff series? And now he's just like, you can't. He's 26. This is not some 19, 20-year-old guy. He was 26. It. He's in the prime of his career, averaging 23 minutes a game. And the Clippers are like, if we get rid of this guy, like, we are just doing organizational incompetence. I'm like, who? This guy? Anyway. Um but yeah, I mean, flipping, you know, moving Kennard and getting Eric Gordon. I mean, Gordon's a more dynamic scorer, but it's still, when it comes down to it, like both those guys are mostly going to be spotting up from three anyway, and Kennard's a better three-point shooter than Eric Gordon. Um, I'm okay with taking a, a flyer on on Bones, but yeah, they also let Reggie, they trade Reggie Jackson and let him go. And I know they wanted more depth at, at center with Mason Plumley, And I, I think that's a, a relatively smart deal, but um it is a little bit of a bizarre deadline for the Clippers. Yeah. I mean, again, they, they did what they could with relatively limited resources. I think they were probably aiming higher, you know, like we mentioned that the Fred Van Vliet deal, like you bring him in alongside Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, I think differently about this team, but um, you know, ultimately I, I think they, they did enough to, to kind of insulate what's already a pretty deep roster with even more depth, but um, nothing really changes as far as like this team needs Kawhi and Paul George to be healthy and they need both of them to play extremely elite basketball for, you know, a month and a half. If, if anything real is going to happen in the postseason here, uh, so we mentioned the Lakers trades, obviously Westbrook is out of town. He's technically with the jazz. Um, it was funny. I was, I was up late last night watching Windhorst on ESPN talking about this deal. And for one, he said there's 0% chance that Russell Westbrook ever plays a game in a Utah Jazz uniform. So I think now we can start the discussion on where he ends up. Uh, the Clippers were one of those teams that would potentially be interested. I would guess after today, probably not. Uh, you know, bringing in Russ to that roster makes no sense. I know the Bulls have been mentioned. There, there will be teams willing to sniff around. But I, I thought it was interesting how bluntly Windhorse put it on TV. Like he straight up said, talking to people these last few weeks, like, Russell Westbrook is very close to falling out of the NBA altogether. Um, like he, he essentially said, like whatever team brings him in, like this might be the last time we see Russell Westbrook in the NBA if this doesn't go well. I mean, if if you've been watching Westbrook the past two years, like it makes sense why the the guy just I he just can't shoot. He's turnover prone. He he just he, he's whiffing layups. He's bricking fourteen foot. Like he's just not good anymore. Um, and like, yeah, the Clippers, Bulls, and Wizards, to me, those are like the three teams. Like the second that I, I saw that deal go through, I was like, those are the only three teams in the NBA that Westbrook being, that taking a chance on Westbrook makes any sense. And I'm not sure the Clippers will do it because like they're sort of desperate, 
but they're not quite desperate in that way. And, um, you know, the Bulls that desperately need a point guard, they did nothing at the deadline. They're still obviously trying to win now. Um, and then the Wizards, kind of the same situation. Like, they're just doing absolutely nothing. Like, they're just they're just not that good of a team. Maybe they just bring Westbrook back and see what happens. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think, at least with Washington, they've it kind of worked there, right? Like, that was, like, his least disastrous stop right. post-OKC. So, I, I guess there's some some potential there. Uh, you know, I, I, depending on what the Thunder do going forward, like they, they could go for the Russell Westbrook feel good reunion tour. But I also think that you'd be actively harming the young players on your roster. So I, I don't really think that trade-off is worth it. I will say he is a, he's a Jordan brand guy. So I think Charlotte makes a lot of sense. I, I think that that would be the team to kind of throw him a life vest at this point in his career. I, I, I could see that happening, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think Windhorse, you know, when he goes on TV and, and says something like that, I don't think he's just, you know, going off the cuff. Like, I, I think it takes a lot for a reporter of that stature to basically say, you're on thin ice with your entire career, uh, which, which again, speaks to how bad things were in LA. I, I think LeBron and the Lakers did a pretty good job of, you know, kind of towing the line with Westbrook and, and keeping things in house. But I, I think in the next day or two, we're, we're going to get some, uh, behind the scenes, you know, that the Lakers were pretty much done with this guy type of stories. That would not be surprising. Um, all right. Where else do we need to go here? Uh, well, I had a, a slew of other, you know, semi-minor deals. Um, you know, Josh Hart to the Knicks last night. I, I thought the best thing to come out of that was the Jalen Brunson video by far. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, it seemed like he was the, the, the Blazers were not going to resign him. So they're like, well, we'll just get what we can. And, you know, they got Cam Reddish and, and picks. Um, but yeah, I mean, Hart, Hart to the Knicks is interesting. I don't know if he's going to start over Quentin Grimes or they have him come off the bench. But, um, you know, they've put together a really solid rotation at this point. I, I don't know. Obviously, he's not a ceiling guy, right? He's not a ceiling raiser. He's a floor raiser. And you know, the Knicks are all the way. They're up to 30 and 26, you know, so they're they're doing all right. Um I like the deal for them. I thought it made sense. Yeah, I mean, the title odds went from plus 250 to plus 150. So a lot of movement there. I, I do think it makes sense quite a bit. Um, I didn't think they had to give up very much. I mean, Cam Reddish was well outside of the rotation. You know, didn't really look like they were all that interested in finding a way to try to develop him. So, you know, to me, that's not really uh, you know, serious assets that you're giving up there. Um, you know, they attached a pick that's protected and likely won't convey this year. And if it doesn't, it just turns into like four second rounders, uh, which again, teams like Brandon Kravitz, who does the fantasy bites pod had a good tweet about this earlier today. He he said, second rounders just feel like cryptocurrency right now in the NBA. Like, are are these even real? Does anybody even care? Uh, teams just seem more than happy to to give up as many as possible, uh, to, to bring in these role player types. But yeah, I, I think it's, like Josh Hart's fit with New York is pretty straightforward, whether he starts or not. He's, he's in their top six. He makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, gets to, gets to reunite with Jalen Brunson. The Portland side of this is, is kind of strange. Like, I, like I, every, all indications are that they are trying to win with Damian Lillard. Lillard himself, of course, had to issue his annual, I don't want to be traded state of the union this morning. And yet you bring in, you know, Matisse Thibel, you bring in Cam Reddish, you bring in Kevin Knox. <laughs> Uh, like what, what is going on? Like none of the, none of this really added up to this team getting any better. And like, I, I get that there, there's still this belief that Cam Reddish could figure it out, but man, that, that just seems like, 
you're, you're really grasping at straws here. Like, I, I don't feel like they got anybody of, of real consequence, certainly not in the short term, but even in the long term. That was a disturbing look at that depth chart when I, uh, it's messed I, up, I, man. I pulled that up when you said it, and that Thibel Ragish and Ox trio is like, my God. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe they, like, yes, they want to win, but they also, I, I don't know, they're 500. Maybe they have other plans. And then the Durant thing happened, and then they're like, well, why bother? It's hard to say. I mean, I, are they trying to free up cap room? Are they Were they just trying to get something for hard instead of losing him for nothing, like the four second-round picks when they knew they weren't going to resign him? Um, you know, yeah. the th- I don't even like the thigh bull fit because they don't have a stretch five. Right. I, I don't get it. Well, and they also dealt Gary Payton, who they, yeah, they made a right. big deal about getting this offseason. They just basically gave him – to the Warriors. That, that was another five second round pick trade. Uh, so that they, they're sitting pretty, they're going to have like nine second round picks next year, apparently. <laughs> but yeah, to me, it feels like they're waving the white flag. Right. I, and maybe that's the right thing to do. It probably is the right thing to do. Like even before Kevin Durant went to the Suns, I, I don't, I don't think that was the final piece. They're like, well, now we for sure can't win the title. Like they weren't winning it either way. So from that perspective, I get it. But if I were them, like, I, I think you got to sell harder, right? Like try to try to see what you can get for Yusuf Nurkic. Like, I, I just feel like they, they sold off like a couple decent pieces and got some C level assets back, whether we're talking picks or, or young players, like nobody that they got back makes me feel better about this team next season. No, <laughs> not at all. I mean, Nurkic might be a negative value contract at this point. I mean, he's mm-hmm. under contract for three more years at about like he's 16 next year, then 18, then 19. It's like, I, what do you do with that? Yeah. Do you have to attach assets to go off of that? <laughs> I, I don't know, man. There, at some point, Damian Lillard is, is going to have to really uh, kind of make a decision on this loyalty stance because I, the NBA <laughs> would be a better place if, if he would make himself available. It would be. Um, I Did you see the notification that James Wiseman will start for the Pistons? <sighs> I sure did. And this is a good seg uh, into talking about the Warriors who, man, did they sell low on James Wiseman, uh, who now goes and joins the Detroit Pistons center raid offense. Um, yes. Jalen Duran is there. Nerlens Noel is there. Isaiah Stewart is there. Uh, disastrous for fantasy. They did not trade Boyan Bogdanovich, which uh, short term, I guess that's good for his fantasy value. I do wonder if he is shut down at some point. I think you have to have some concerns there, uh, which by the way, congrats to you on, on holding Zach Collins in all those leagues. It looks like that's finally going to pay off. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. Um, <laughs> hopefully it pays off. We'll see. Uh, but so obviously the Warriors and, and Pistons are linked here and, and we'll talk about Sadiq Bay, who somehow found his way to the Atlanta Hawks uh, when all the dust settled. But uh, I, I know a lot of Golden State's moves were, were tax motivated, uh, kind of knew that that was kind of hanging in the background and, and they did what they could to to dodge that that ridiculous tax bill. But like I, I, bringing Gary Payton back, that's really nice. You know, nice feel good story. He played well for them last year. Uh, I mean, again, you sell really low. It feels like on James Wiseman. Um, I, I don't really feel like they they got any better. And maybe they they think that when Steph Curry's healthy, you know, the, the, they'll take themselves against anybody. And you know, I who's going to tell them that that's wrong? Uh, but for for all the moves that they did, like at first we thought Sadiq Bay was going to end up in Gold State, and then it turns out he's in Atlanta. Uh, like they they didn't really return anybody of true consequence. No, they didn't. Um... I mean, Gary Payton's good for them, but he's, I, 
he's not like a he doesn't he doesn't feel like he's gonna move the needle. Like they, I mean, yes, they like they maybe more than any other team just needed to get more competent bench players. And he, you know, Peyton obviously has organizational. Um, uh, he's been with the organization, won a title last year with them. But yeah, I just with Curry out for so long. I mean, they're gonna be a terrible seed. You gotta dig yourself out of the seeding hole. You're never gonna have home court for the playoffs. You gotta do what you gotta do. I think, you know, um, get better. But it's like what five second round picks for Wiseman. That's yeah. <laughs> again, you're basically trading. It's like it's like you bought. I don't even know. It's like you, you bought some stock really high. It crashed. And then you just traded it for a bunch of cryptocurrency. And it's like, well, at this point, uh, I would just take the variance instead of the constant down. Yeah. Well, they, you know, per the athletic, they did save over $130 million in projected salary and tax the next two years. So I, I have a sneaking suspicion that was the primary motivator here. But obviously, they don't do this deal if they feel good about where Jay's, Jay's Wiseman is developmentally. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, I, I mean, I, I think we can now, you know, we'll get to kind of where he stands on the Pistons in a second, but we can now officially look back and say the James Wiseman era of Golden State basketball is over. Uh, one-time champion, James Wiseman, defending champion, James Wiseman, all-time disastrous pick. I mean, this is going, it's going, it's going to kind of be outside of that core conversation of the biggest bus ever because the Warriors didn't need him. Uh, you know, they, they won a title anyway, but man, I mean, this is, this has got to be up there. It's, it's actually strikingly similar to like the Darko Milicic situation with the Pistons who drafted him and then immediately won 
and it was all, it wasn't forgiven. You know, Darko is, is one of the first guys who comes to mind, but it's one of those like, man, what if they had taken Carmelo Anthony? What if they had taken Chris Bosh? What if they had taken Dwayne Wade? Uh, I, I think we're going to look back and kind of say that same thing about LaMelo Ball. I think so. Um, and I mean, who's to say LaMelo would have gotten along in this scheme anyway? I don't know if yeah. he's a, he's not like a scheme guy, but of course it would have worked out better um, than this with Wiseman. It's, it's kind of unbelievable. I mean, I'm just looking at this Pistons roster. I mean, they may start. I mean, there's going to be Wiseman Bagley lineups. It's going to happen. Yeah, we 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 need to be prepared for that as a country. And people, I, I, man, people like last year or even coming into this year, some people were high on the Pistons, which I thought was delusional. I was like, their second best player is Bojan Bogdanovic, and he may actually Danny. be their best. He may actually be their best player. And now you know, now you bring. Cade Cunningham back for next season and this is the team like uh, I think they're gonna I guess it, this is is he a restricted free agent next year Wiseman? Like my year is confused uh, I no, think they have Wiseman one year, right one more year yeah, yeah I think they have year. like his, his his like fourth year option yeah um, they do yeah so I mean it's still significant money though for the number two overall pick I I actually like this from Detroit's perspective because you well, didn't yeah. give anything up like, why not take a free flyer on a guy who not only was a consensus top three pick a few years ago, but has also played in like 50 NBA games, you know, where it's like, it's it's not like he's proven that he sucks. Like, it wouldn't be that shocking if in a couple of years from now, James Wiseman is like a pretty good NBA player, right? Like, it, it's, it's not like he's played 150 games and he just looks overwhelmed and he's not good. Um, he, he just hasn't had an opportunity. So like, I, I actually love this for Detroit. Obviously, it doesn't make sense with their current roster and that, you know, it's a really I think cannibalize the fantasy value of guys like Duran and Stewart and even Wiseman himself the rest of the way. But Wiseman also wasn't playing at all in golden state. So like, are you, are you reaching out to, to grab him in many leagues? Man. Um, I think I might. It'd be, if, if he, if he, if he is going to start, like they said, he will. And he plays what? 26, 27 minutes a game then, you know, he'll just put up, you'll probably put up like 14, eight and a block or a block and a half or something. And then he's just a, he's a rosterable player in in like 12 team leagues. Um, yeah. I think like a 12 teamer, it's, it's a fair risk to take because they, they showed in the past when they got Bagley, they're like, well, we'll throw him out there for a while and see what happens. And I don't know how much it's just weird because I, him and Jalen Duran, they can't play together. Can they? I do. Can yeah. Wiseman can shoot a little bit, right? I, I mean, it's what do the Pistons I, have to lose? Like, I would, I would take the over on 0.5 games started together the rest of the way. How many, how many threes do you think Wiseman has made in his career? Fourteen. Actually, wow, thirteen. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I just, I guess he could shoot mid rangers, but any any center in the NBA who gets like twenty six minutes a game, you can just add and be like, who knows. Mm. Um, but yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see that a team like he'll be in a way more traditional role with, with Detroit, right? Like yeah, golden state was asking him to be a part of this whole scheme and clearly just wasn't getting it. So maybe this will just be a more straightforward role for him and, and it will be better. I think this is looking back, knowing what we know now, this is probably the better developmental path for him would have been to go to a team like Detroit right away and just get those reps. Even if you're losing 65 games a year, like just playing 25 to 30 minutes a night rather than being in and mostly out of the rotation and have all this pressure of 
playing for a winning organization. Like it, it, it clearly seems like that was just not the right fit. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do. And again, for Detroit, I think this is kind of a, it's like an inside the park home run. It's not, it's not like a 500 footer, but it's a, <laughs> it's, it's a home run. Nonetheless. Um, I think we have to look at golden state as, as one of the losers of the deadline, just, just because uh, they, they sold low on James Wiseman. Um, you know, I, we, we've seen teams make moves motivated by money before. I'm not going to criticize the warriors for that, uh, but it doesn't really feel, feel like they got any better. Uh, maybe it didn't get worse, but didn't get better. Um, I, I, w- I want to back all the way up and talk about the what remains in Brooklyn post Durant oh, yeah. and, and Kyrie. I was, you know, I was up late last night, kind of reconfiguring our depth charts and looking at some of the the playing time breakdown. I I'm surprised that you know one of Cam Johnson, Royce O'Neal, Dorian Finney-Smith, Seth Curry, Joe Harris. Like I thought, one or two of those guys would be rerouted before the deadline. And, you know, they, they have some veterans that they could look into potentially buying out. I'd have to look into the, the contracts a little more. But, I mean, they have a logjam of guys who are, you know, usually used to playing like 25 to 30 minutes a night. So, like, who starts? How does this break down? Where does Ben Simmons fit in all this? I assume Ben Simmons starts. Um, it is, it's a tough lineup to to deal. I mean, you would think there could be like a Simmons, Dinwiddie, Bridges, Finney Smith, Claxton lineup, but maybe they also start Cam Johnson. I mean, maybe they start Cam Johnson instead of Finney Smith or Royce O'Neal. Right. Um, maybe they switch it up night to night. You know, they kind of go with like what the Thunder do, where sort of based on matchups, they go a specific direction. Um, you know, because I mean, you can bring, if you bring Cam Johnson, Cam Thomas, and Seth Curry off the bench, you're just, you're, flamethrowers from three um it's a really tough team i mean jock vaughn has to just literally create an entire new game plan for this team i don't even know where you start this team shouldn't be bad um because they've they've constructed a team that's actually going to be a really strong defensive team and maybe too strong on defense and (laughs) and has some three-point upside but I'm a little surprised they didn't try to move. Maybe they did try to move bridges and, and guys like that. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you might actually be able to boost their value over these past, over this final stretch of the season by sort of showcasing them a little bit in a way that they haven't been showcased, you know, in, in Phoenix. I just, I'm not sure. Yeah. We haven't even mentioned where Cam Thomas fits in all this too. Uh, the other Cam, I mean, I, I, I almost feel like they're under an obligation to kind of see this through with, how insane he's been offensively, but I also don't even know if he starts. Like you can't, you can't start him over McCall Bridges. It, I guess you could start him over Dinwiddie. Uh, you know, I know we have Ben Simmons kind of projected as the, the the point guard right now. I don't think that's a guarantee. I mean, Simmons has been so bad that it wouldn't shock me if they just moved him to the bench out of frustration right. at some point. Um, Fantasy wise, though, I I feel like there should be more winners in a deal like this. Like you're subtracting Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. And yet I don't really feel great about any of these guys taking a huge step forward. I, I think Thomas is, is kind of the obvious one because he's, he's just going to be locked into playing more minutes. But again, I, I don't think it's going to be just, Hey, here's the ball, take 30 shots every night. Like it has been for the last week. Uh, you know, Bridges ultimately not, not a guy who is ever going to be like a number one or even number two scoring option. So I, I don't know that he has like a, a super high floor or excuse me, super high ceiling when it comes to pure points. Uh, and then, you know, Cam Johnson all of a sudden is just kind of in a similar situation. I, I don't think he's going to see more minutes. Uh, you know, Finney Smith, Royce O'Neal, both of their, their minutes could go down. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of a mess fantasy-wise. It's a mess. I think there's an opportunity here for both Cams to 
to have a really strong second half of the year. I mean, Cam Johnson, maybe they let him handle the ball a little bit more. Mm. Um, they try to really, you know, they, they, I mean, being away from Devin Booker and all those shot attempts is, um, will help, but yeah, it's, it's not there. You're right. There are not as many clear winners as you would imagine mm. from a team that completely gutted itself and, and changed everyone. Maybe the biggest winner fantasy wise, uh, something that we've been trying to will into existence for months now, Mark Williams has officially been freed. It, it, is the expectation that he starts the rest of the way now? It has to be, yeah. And if you if you're one of those deranged people who've been who's been holding uh, Nick Richards, he'll probably play some backup center too. But um, yeah, Mark Williams. I mean, he's only played twenty plus minutes twice, or excuse me, three times this season. But the um, as I as I pull up the per thirty six numbers, um, I mean, he's just one of those guys who he's just putting up big man numbers. So per thirty six, he's averaging. 18 and 13 with two and a half blocks and 1.9 steals, which is obviously awesome. Don't expect them to play 36 minutes, but if you can get 28 consistent minutes out of him, he's like a must roster, obviously in 12 teamers. Yeah. He's going to be one of those guys who everybody's rushing out to grab there. There aren't that many, right? I mean, it's him. It's Zach Collins. Uh, you know, if Cam Thomas is somehow still available in your league, uh, he's, he's probably already gone as well. I just like, am I missing any, any obvious players who are stepping into significantly larger roles? I mean, Tari Eason, you know, with Eric Gordon finally gone. Yeah, I'm not 100% convinced on the Tari Eason thing because they don't they don't play the same position. Um, you know, Gordon's kind of this wing, and that's what I was worried about. You know, like we all want Tari Eason to play a lot more, but he plays. The problem is he plays the same position as <laughs> Jabari Smith and Kenyon Martin, who and Kenyon Martin's having a, a great season right now. It's not like they want to stop playing him. And even Eason can play some backup center, which maybe they'll they'll use him more as a backup center. Um, other than that, I nothing is coming to mind immediately. I mean, we'll have to see what happens on the wing in Portland. Like somebody's going to start at the three. Like could be Nas Little. Yeah, could I be mean, Reddish. I... Could be Thibault. I mean, if it's Little, I, I have some minor interest there, but probably doesn't really oh warrant rushing out to grab him. I, I mean, I think it will be little, but that's that's just personal yeah. bias. What about Devontae Graham off the wire in San Antonio? Uh, I, 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 I despise you don't Devontae want to Graham. Do, you don't want to do it, but no. someone might I, have to in your league. Is he going to play for the Spurs? He's he's right on the borderline, right? Like he turns 28 in a month or less than a month. Uh, like are, are they interested in playing him enough minutes that it matters? I mean, the roster is just so barren right now, and he's got it's two bad. more – He's got two more years on his deal. So you got, I think you have to play him. Um, I mean, right now I put him, I mean, he's the, he should be the backup point guard at least. And the way that the, the thing with the Spurs season right now is like, even these starters, they get blown out in so many games that it's like every other game, the starters are playing like 26 minutes. It feels like. So I think there should, it feels like there should be 20 to 25 minutes available for Graham. I mean, maybe that's less so when Vassell comes back, if, Vassell comes back. Yeah. Um, I People will pick him up for sure. There's reason to pick up Devontae Graham. Uh, we need to talk about the Raptors who brought in Jakob Pertl. That was on, that was Wednesday night. Uh, completely stood pat uh, essentially on, on Thursday, you know, Gary Trent's still there. Fred Van Vliet still there. Pascal Siakam's still there. OG Ananobi, who we thought for sure was going to get traded. He was, he was like minus 600 to get traded at the DraftKings Sportsbook. What what is Toronto doing here? I have no idea. Um, 
maybe they're just waiting for the summer. Maybe they think more deals will open up then. Uh, they might they might be in that that thought that well we can't get even if we trade these guys we just can't get bad enough to compete in the Wembenyama sweepstakes. So why not just kind of ride this out and see what happens? Uh, maybe they'll try to sign and trade Van Vliet in the off season. Um, I. I, maybe they think this year is a fluke. It's kind of, it's really hard to gauge what they're doing, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if during the off season when, you know, obviously the, the title is decided, other stuff happens, the, maybe the lottery balls, you know, after, after we figure out the lottery order, it'll, it'll make more sense for them to make a deal. It's tough to say. Yeah. This is maybe the most puzzling development that they didn't really do anything. And if, you know, I think the last thing we thought the Raptors would do was add a piece like Jakob Pertl. I mean, they were not right, on the list like, of teams for, for Pertl. Uh, does he start? Does he come off the bench? I mean, you know, obviously he's a, he's a capable starter. They're well familiar with him. He, of course, was was included in the Kawhi Leonard trade, but they've been starting Siakam at center. Uh, so if Pertl starts, you know, obviously Siakam goes to the four. Uh, they kind of have to go big. You, you would You would imagine that both Barnes and OG have to start. So I, I think Gary Trent is the guy who could potentially move to the bench. Um, right. but I, I, I feel like the most likely scenario, I, I guess, is Pirtle just acting as a, a super upgrade backup center with, with all this said, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel any better about Toronto's roster now. Like Pirtle, Pirtle will help them, but I don't think he pushes them anywhere closer to the Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, Cleveland tier in the East. Like maybe this makes them like the fifth best team when they're rolling, but I, I'm not really sure what that gets you. And, you know, Pirtle, Van Vliet and Trent, all unrestricted free agents heading into the summer. Yeah, really bizarre. And I mean, you you sort of cut Precious Achua off at the knees, who was playing really well. Really and well. Um, Coloco had some moments at the beginning of the year. I don't know. I mean, part of me thinks they would start Pirtle because clearly you're unha- unsatisfied with the way your team is playing. So maybe they feel like, well, we need we need a more traditional center. Maybe that's our problem. And we go big instead of going small. Like suddenly you are a roster that can go big when you were a roster that was playing small all the time. Maybe that's their theory. I don't know what the theory is, but interested to see how it plays out. Um, kind of disappointed that OG wasn't moved. I think it would have been fun for a team like Memphis or New Orleans to make that kind of splash. But uh, anyway, the the Minnesota Timberwolves made some minor deals. Uh, but the the biggest one, of course, Mike Conley essentially just swapping him out for D'Angelo Russell. I, I think on paper, it feels like a downgrade, uh, you know, name value wise, D'Angelo Russell just like feels like a much better player than Conley at this point. But the more I, I read about this and, and listened to podcasts and whatnot this morning, I, I think the general feel is that Russell's probably better for what LA needs. And, you know, obviously Utah is going in a different direction, bringing in Westbrook and Conley might be the better fit for the Timberwolves, especially when Carl Anthony Towns is healthy. Yeah, and, and Conley has chemistry with Gobert. He's going to be able to get the most out of Gobert as a point guard, I think. And um, yeah, they'd, they'd be better off with a... I mean, D'Lo's a good distributor, but he's not like focused on distributing. Mike Conley, he'll be focused on distributing for this team. Uh, Anthony Edwards will be able to handle uh, a little bit more as well, I think. Or at least Conley, Conley can get him easier shots. Um, and they, you know, obviously they don't want to pay D'Lo, so... I think for the for the Wolves, just getting the veteran presence in there and the stable force is a good idea. But I, I don't think it like changes their fortunes. 
No, I don't think so. Uh, you know, Russell had been pretty vocal about, you know, his role with the team and viewing himself as a star and wanting the contract. So I, I think more than anything, this just, uh, you know, gives them kind of a short-term bridge option in Conley and takes the decision of paying Russell out of their hands, which is a big one. Uh, so I, I actually like this overall. I mean, it, it's a team that felt like it needed some sort of shakeup. And I, I do think there's a chance that this team looks better with Conley. Uh, they, they don't, they didn't really need what D'Angelo Russell was bringing to the table. Like when I, I think this is, this is probably good news for Anthony Edwards, especially in the short term while Towns is out. I think, you know, some of those shots probably go to him. You know, Conley is not really a high volume offensive player at this point, just more than happy to play exactly the role that the Timberwolves need. So I, I actually like this one a lot for Minnesota. Uh, Jay Crowder finally got his wish. The boss man is back. Uh, it, it was the Bucks all along. It felt like Milwaukee was that team. You know, they end up shelling out a, a bunch of second round picks, like three of their own, two from Indiana. Uh, George Hill, Jordan Nwora end up going to the Pacers in this deal. Um, I, again, I, we, we've talked about this on the pod. We've talked about it on the XM show. I being here in Milwaukee. Look, I, I hope Jay Crowder just turns into PJ Tucker 2.0 for the 2023 Bucks, but I, I remain very skeptical. I'm skeptical as well. His three-point shooting comes and goes. I think more than anything, the Bucs just wanted a guy with playoff experience who will play hard and has size on the wing because the Bucs at times are a relatively small team that you just don't trust as much. Like There are those moments in the playoffs where you, as a Bucs fan, you're watching and you see like Javon Carter, Grayson Allen, and Pat Connaughton out there, and you're like... <laughs> Ooh, I, you know, I mean, I like these guys individually for their own reasons, but I just, I don't know if I want this out there. So I think, I think it just gives, it makes you feel a little more comfortable in those lineups that you, maybe you're playing Giannis at backup center for those like eight minutes a game or something like that. And you can have sort of, you can have Portis, Crowder, and uh, Middleton all out there and play some, you know, tough physical defense and, and not be, and not have it forced to be a three guard lineup. The thing with Jay Crowder is it feels like you're rolling the dice game to game, shot to shot, week to week, year to year yeah. on the three pointers. Like he could either shoot 30% the rest of the year, or he could shoot 44% the rest of the year. If it's the latter great addition. If he is not able to hit wide open corner threes, then I think that takes quite a bit away. And I'll be interested to see like, what kind of shape is he in? You know, presumably he's been keeping himself in shape, but he also hasn't played basketball in forever. Uh, so I think that's a, a fair question mark. He'll, he'll probably use the all-star break to ramp up. Um, but all along, it you know, it felt like Milwaukee wasn't going to make too splashy of a move. Uh, I, I want to talk about some buyout options. And obviously, the Bucks will be in on a handful of these guys. Uh, you know, should have at least one roster spot open. I know the Lakers have a roster spot. Uh, you know, Westbrook is the obvious one. We talked about him. Patrick Beverly, John Wall. I think Danny Green uh, would be an interesting fit with just about any contending team. Uh, there's some rumblings that maybe Kevin Love could be bought out in Cleveland. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, Will Barton, we just got that news. He's He's been bought out by the Wizards. Terrence Ross, I think, would make for a great Laker. That's kind of exactly what they need. <laughs> Did any of those names intrigue you? All, all of them are semi-intriguing for, for any reason. I mean, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the if the Bucks were a little aggressive and trying to get Danny Green and just sort of like how many, how many of these like semi-washed up 35-year-old playoff former playoff three and D guys. Can we just get on this roster? Um, I don't know. Do any of those guys, I mean, you mentioned Terrence Ross to the Lakers, but is there any fit that you think stands out uh, in your mind? 
I did see a tweet that the Bucks are sniffing around on Wall. Uh, I would absolutely buy a Bucks John Wall jersey. Just need to put that out there. <laughs> I fit wise, I, I don't know if I love that. Um, I don't. Yeah. I don't think that's really the the right type of move for them. But maybe. Um, you know, I, I think, like I said, Ross, like the Lakers still need more shooting. So I think they should look into him. I, I think they'll look into bringing Danny Green back. Yeah, obviously, he was a favorite. Right. Uh, I mean, Barton, of all those names, like Barton is the, the most intriguing to me because he was a really good player that every team would have wanted a year ago. And I, you and I, I feel like we're on this right at the beginning of the year. Like things were just weird in Washington for him. Like they it just feel like they were never on the same page. His role was never close to what it should have been. So I, I think he's kind of the... I use this term pretty generously, but like the sleeping giant here uh, of somebody who has a lot left in the tank uh, to, to provide to a good team. Like, I, I don't know, like would, would the nuggets consider bringing him back. Like I, I think he could make a real impact. You know, this, this is, this is the first full year of his career without Jokic <laughs> and he looks like garbage. And I'm not like, I, I'm not trying to say that Jokic made Will Barton's career, but he goes from looking like pretty good and like a serviceable player. You know, he has his health issues and then you take him away from one of the best distributors in the NBA. And suddenly he looks horrible. Um, uh, Aaron so Gordon I syndrome. I, yeah, um, exactly. Right. Like Aaron Gordon, people were like, he's just not good at all. And then he goes to the nuggets and people are like, he should make the all-star game. Uh, so I, I think, I, I think <laughs> it's as I think Will Barton's more of a name at this point, which is weird to say uh, because Will Barton is definitely not a household name. But of course, all of these guys are all of these guys are flyers. Like any team that's grabbing one of these guys is hoping that they can get ten minutes, eight minutes in the playoffs out of these guys, maybe. So like, take a chance on like anyone that you can get. Yeah, I think that's well said. Um... You know, I, I'm, we disagree on Barton. I, I think there, maybe it's just cause I still love him. Like going back to his uh, days in Portland and you know, his days at Memphis. But I, I would like to see like one more run for him with, with a good team. I mean, he is what 30, 32. Um, so, you know, best years are behind him, but it, you know, also not completely over the hill. Um, yeah. The, the other names of that list, pretty underwhelming. I mean, I, I don't think we're talking major, major impacts, you know, like George Hill will likely get bought out. Serge Ibaka, basically forced his way out of Milwaukee. I have no idea what he has left in the tank. Corey Joseph, uh, Detroit could get bought out. You know, again, it feels like a, a guy who just hasn't played like a real role in a few years. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. In general with these buyout guys, I feel like we get, we get like really excited about the idea of just adding someone for free. And more often than not, it turns into like Marvin Williams on the bucks. <laughs> yes, very much so. All right. Any other teams or players that we, have omitted here? No, I don't, I don't think so. Other than the teams that, you know, like didn't do anything. Um, Miami yeah. didn't do anything. Chicago Cleveland. didn't do anything. Cleveland didn't do anything. Uh this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall. He knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. The HVAC is humming and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.